Today we're going to talk about, we started it last week, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to get real personal with you at first, so some of you won't be mad at me anymore when I talk about holidays and stuff like that, because I know I talked about it a little bit last week. Guys, everybody listen to me? I am not against an Easter egg. I am not against hunting Easter eggs. I am not against Christmas trees. I am not against, I am not against the holidays. But it is not the church's responsibility to entertain you during the holidays. I don't believe, this is me as the pastor of No Limits Church right now. I don't believe that No Limits, I I don't believe that this church should spend money on things that do not count. That doesn't mean that I don't like Christmas and that I don't like Easter. We will not celebrate Halloween ever at this church. One time when I was a kid, the pastor said, let's have a haunted house in church, in the gymnasium, and we did. That was the dumbest thing that the pastor could ever do. That's ignorance. We do not celebrate Halloween. But folks, it doesn't mean that I'm against those things. If you want to have an Easter egg hunt, you have it at your house. Everybody still with me? If you want to do things like that, do it at your house because we do not want to spend our resources on things like that. I know that I'm probably one of the very few pastors in this church that believes that way, but until you have another pastor, that's the way this church is going. I will not spend our resources on things that don't count. Everybody say amen. Amen. Everybody say we still love you, Pastor Mark. Now, today we're going to talk about going from a people-pleasing church to a disciple-making church. There are two different ways to look at church. Are we a people-pleasing church or a disciple-making church? First of all, you ought to know by now, what is a disciple? A follower, a follower of Pastor Mark. No, not a follower of Pastor Mark, not a follower of the music. We, got, have, we have wonderful music here, but you should not be coming to church just because of the music. Come on. You should be coming to church because you know that this is the place that God has sent you. That doesn't mean that you're going to like everything that goes on here. That doesn't mean that you're going to like everybody that goes here. That doesn't mean that everything is going to go perfect here because you're here. Actually, because you're here, this church is never going to be perfect. Come on. There's not one one perfect person in this place. So as long as we're here, we'll never have a perfect church. There are going to be things that go wrong here All the time. That's just the way it's going to be. But this is a church that God has called you to. I've said this time and time again, don't leave this place because you get mad at somebody sitting beside you because they stink or because they talk too much or because the pastor talks too much or because the music's too loud. If God sent you here, you stay here. If God sends you somewhere else because you're going to serve there, then you go there. The biggest issue is with people today, with Christians today, is they go from one church to the other because they get mad and they stick their big nose up in the air and they go somewhere else and they take that anger and all that resentment and everything else with them and they're never going to be happy wherever they are. Stick to it. There is reward in sticking to it. You find the church where you belong and stick to that church and serve. In order to go from a people-pleasing church... Now, a people-pleasing church is one that we like to, it's, it's kind of one of those churches that, that will do whatever it takes to get, everybody, to get everybody in this place. Whatever it takes to get people in here, we're going to do it. That's a people-pleasing church. We actually went through a stage 
where we had this big, beautiful building. If you guys remember, some of you were here. It's when David and Trish started coming, uh, several others, you guys remember that? We had a big, beautiful building in Collinsville. We thought that building was gonna just do miracles for us and it did nothing. It did nothing. It wasn't where we were supposed to be. And so we discovered, hey, this is not exactly what we're supposed to be doing. We tried stuff. We tried to get people in. I mean, we just, we tried everything. And I finally figured out, you know, God's, God, I finally started listening to the Lord. He started saying, you know, this is not what I've called you to do. I haven't called you to be a people pleaser. I've called you to be a disciple maker. So you don't even have to call me Pastor Mark. You can call me Disciple Maker Mark. <laughs> Because that's really what I am. I'm a, I'm a disciple maker. Now somebody just, since we're all here today and this is a holiday and the crowd's a little bit lower, then we can just kind of, we can just kind of converse here, right? Yeah. Tell me some things that are a disciple, that are disciple making. What are some of the things a church can do that would make disciples? Ma'am. Really? So, okay, that's good. Sir? Teach obedience. Teach obedience? Yeah. What else? We could try to stop pulling people from what they're called to do because we think they would enjoy it somewhere else. Oh, okay. What else? Ooh, that's kind of deep over there. <laughs> Man. People Boom. Anybody else? Teach the word. Come on. Come on. Come on. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yes. Oh, she's pointing at he's pointing at you. Anybody else? I got volunteers. Volunteers, good. <laughs> I got some things written down here. Send people to Bible school. That's disciple making. Send people on mission trips. That's disciple making. Train people to speak, to get up and preach the word. That's disciple making. Teach people how to give. That's disciple making. Lastly, teach people how to serve. You can't be a disciple. You're not a follower if you don't know how to, if you don't know how to serve, if you don't know how to give. Giving is part of the Christian life, folks. Plain and simple. Yeah, but I don't have a whole lot to give. You've got the wrong attitude. God doesn't look at how much you give. It's the heart in which you give it. If you're having a problem with giving, then you've got a problem with being a disciple. Serving, the same thing. Well, let's, I mean, we're getting down to the gritty nitty this morning, right? You guys are mature enough in here to get down to the gritty nitty and understand this is what it is, right? If you're not serving in your, we should have 100% people serving in this church. 100%. Most churches, they say, well, we've got 20% serving. We're doing really good. That's a bunch of bull. We should have 100% of the people serving all the time because if the people are, are actually called here to church, they should be serving. They should be giving. I don't care if it's 50 cents a week. 
It's not about how much you give. It's not, look, I'm, I'm not monitoring what people give in this church. Guys, it's a heart issue. Get your heart right. Let me tell you, if you've been in church most of your life and you're still having a problem giving, there's a problem there. Come on now. Still love me? If you've been in church all your life and you're still saying, well, I can't give, there is a problem. And you need to solve that problem. You need to go, go before the Lord and say, God, what is my problem? Because I've been saying all along, it's somebody else's problem. It's not anybody's problem but yours. It's not anybody's problem but mine. We can't blame anybody. Come on now, give me a big amen. Everybody say, what am I doing? Putting everybody in the conviction this morning? Is the Holy Spirit putting everybody in conviction this morning? You guys just got the holiday blues? Huh? You're with me, right? Okay, let's go on. So let me ask you these questions. Can you go to church every Sunday and still not be a follower of Christ? Absolutely. Yes. What? 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 Unborn again. I don't even think that's a word, Gator, but that's close. Hey, it's Gatorade. I know what you're talking about. It's, it's Gator vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, Gatorism. There you go. So can you, so can, showing up. So can you actually go to church? Could you actually be a pastor or still not a, a follower? A disciple? a follower of Christ. You can actually go to church every Sunday and not be a follower. Because if you define a follower, it's a server, it's a giver. It's one who loves people no matter how they are. It's, it's, that's, what a, that's what a disciple is. Right? So we can actually go to church and still not be a follower. Wow, you guys are surprising me. Hmm. How many of us have found out what best, what's best for us is not always what feels the best? Oh. So every time, I can't say every time, but times when you come to church and pastor's up here and he's saying, oh, this and oh, that, and it, hurt, it hits you a little hard and, you're, and you go home and you're mad at him for about two hours and then you start listening to the Spirit of God and what, you've been there and done that? You've smashed my toes. Anyway, you get mad and you go home. You say, oh, I can't believe he said that. And then the Spirit of God begins talking to you. You don't get so mad at me. By Sunday, you come back. Yeah. Right? And, and you know, and sometimes when I listen, I listen a lot on the radio. I've got certain people that I like to listen to. Andrew Womack is one of them. And, man, I'd like to slap that guy sometimes yeah. every week. Yeah. Andrew Womack. Sometimes, you know, I know uh, Tim and Darla like to listen to, uh, and, and uh, the Rings like to listen to Copeland. And, uh, and uh, my, my, old, my, old, my old teacher, uh, Moore, uh, Keith Moore. Sometimes, you know, you just want to strangle those guys because you know the right, but still yet. No, you don't want to hear it. Your flesh does not want to hear it. Well, sometimes those things that, that our flesh does not want to hear is really what's best for us. It really is. So we've got to understand that. Let's see if I got anything else for you here. Becoming a follower of Christ takes a person who is willing to let go of the things of the world to allow the truth of God to lead them. So what I'm saying here is, is those old ideas. I've been in church literally all my life. My mom dropped me on my head when I was two in church. 
She did. I fell right out of her arms and I fell on the floor. I've told that story before, haven't I? Just fell right on the floor. What did you say? <laughs> that does explain a lot. Just drive me right on my head. All the times I've been in church, man, I was raised in church. Some of the dumbest things I was taught in church. Yeah, come on. Some of the dumbest things. You know, I've shared some of that with you before. If you smoked in my church, you couldn't serve. If you were divorced in my church, you couldn't serve and you may not be saved. I can just go on and on and on. Some of the dumbest things we were taught in legalism and stuff like that. But, you know, just, just so long as we gave, we had a, we, you know what? We taught our kids that if they would come to church, they could reach their hand in a jar full of change. And, and whatever biggest, most change they could pull out, they were the winners. That's ignorance. Some of you are looking at me like, hey, let's do that. That's ignorance, folks. It's ignorance. That's not teaching people how to give. That's not teaching people how people how to serve. That's just not teach. That's just not teaching discipleship. So, man, I have just made it. I mean, I have just etched it on my heart that this is not going to be a people pleasing church. It's going to it's going to affect the size. It's going to affect certain things. But if I can make every person in this church a disciple, a follower of Christ, I have done what God has called me to do whether it's 10 or 1,000 or 10,000 or two, right? Right? I heard somebody the other day saying, I think it was Chip Brim. Anybody know who Chip Brim is? He's pastor in Collinsville. He said, if I have to preach to empty chairs, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because sometimes people just don't show up. And that's okay. Because every person... In this church, I am not responsible for what you do, what you say, where you work. I'm not responsible for any of that. I am responsible to teach you how to be a disciple. (laughs) Amen. All right. Let me give you some disciple-making verses here, and I'm going to close here real quick. Uh, Acts 20, 34 through 36. Acts 20, 34 through 36. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. This is, this is actually uh, the Apostle Paul, I believe. Is that right? And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is a disciple-making verse. How can you tell me? The world will not tell you. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The world will not tell you that. But the word of God tells you that. But see, you've got to push away the things of the world and pull the things of the word of God in and say, it is actually more blessed to give than to receive. I guarantee you, if you have the heart, guys, if you have never given in your life and your heart changes and you start to give, you're gonna see some changes take place in your finances. Some of you can even testify to that right now. Some of you are still not on board with that because you've been taught possibly even in your own church 
And let me tell you guys, if a pastor gets up here and he can't give, the rest of the church is not going to give either. If the leadership doesn't give, then there's going to be a problem in the rest of the church. Man, I know without a doubt, Gina and I, I have been giving since I was nine years old. My parents taught me how. I didn't want to. They still said, you're going to. It was etched in my mind. It was etched in my heart. And I finally learned, this is the way to live my life. And I still do. And I will until the day that I die. Because I know that without a doubt, my giving has affected, listen, my giving has affected my children. My giving has affected my job. My giving has affected every facet of my life. And I want you to jump on board. This has nothing to do with Pastor Mark's salary. This has everything to do with the way you live your life and how you let God, you allow God to work in your life. You allow him to. Do you realize that God has given us everything that we need in our life? He's given us the faith to get by. He's given us the faith not to just get by, but he's given us the faith to be overcomers is what the word of God says. But you see, we don't have, we could go all through our life and never use that faith. That faith could sit in a jar up on a shelf. We could live faithless the rest of our life. But listen, that faith belongs to you. Start in your finances and start in your service. We should not have a problem with serving at all in this church. Not one single bit. If I see a problem, you're going to know it. Because this is a serving church. This is a giving church. I speak it in the name of Jesus because if I know you're serving and you're giving, you've been called here. Amen? Amen. Let me give you another one. We're going to close with this. John 15, 11 through 13. Take a look at this one. John 15, 11 through 13. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. How many of you want to be filled with joy? How many, of you want to, how many of you want to live that good life? But how many of you realize living a good life doesn't mean that you're going to have all the money in the world? Good life comes from the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not your pocketbook, not your finances, not the car you drive, not the house you live in. Those things do not bring the joy that the joy of the Lord will give. Those are things that come from the joy of the Lord. Oh, boy, I haven't done that a long time. Oh, that's like, whoa. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And you know, God's given me all this stuff. Thank you, Lord. I just can't give enough because you just keep giving me more. I dare you to try to outgive him. You won't be able to do it. You won't. I have told you, oh, did I read that already? Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other. Oh, now here is the disciple-making verse. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love to lay down one's life for one's friends. Man, that's hard. Oh, that's hard. We have so, America has go, so gotten into this my, me, me, me. me, me or, or my, what is this, my four and no more? 
that is this my family? Well, I, you know, family is important. You know, most of you know, I just lost my mother. And man, that's, this has been one of the hardest things I've ever gone through because we were, I was so close to her. She lived in my backyard and I'm sitting here getting out every day and I'm watching her garden die. That's been the hardest thing for me is to watch her garden die. I told Gina that yesterday. I said, I don't know what to do because Gina and I have, don't have a green thumb and every day I see her garden dying. And I walked out there into her house and I said, Lord, you know, you're gonna have to take this from me because this is killing me. I feel like, you know, if she could, if she could say something to me now, she'd say, what are my roses, boy? <laughs> but she's not. She's not looking down, you know, seeing that. But I thought, Lord, you're gonna have to take this from me because this is just, this is just hurting me on the inside. He said, always remember that even though her flowers are dying, her memory, her memory, your memory of her will never fade. Your memory of her will never fade. And then he said, I have never forgotten you in everything that you have done. Anything that you have gone through, my memory of you has never faded. God wants to tell you this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever somebody's done to you, whatever you've done to yourself. He just wants to remind you this morning, he has never forgotten you. You see, his memory never fades. And all these things that we go through, all these people that, that pass on before us and all these things that happen to us. And, and this church has gone through such, it just seems like we've gone through such tragedy in the past two or three months, losing losing the two young boys. And then, and then when Janet and Michael call me and, and she says, we think our grandson is dead. And I said, Lord, you know, and I know others were praying. I said, Lord, we have got to stop this. This has got to end. I'm tired of people dying. And especially a year and a half old kid. It's not time. So in Jesus' name, we stood up and we said, this is not gonna happen. And it didn't. That shows you right there that we have people serving, that we have people giving, that we have people praying. This is the church that God built. This is not the church that Mark built. This is not the church that Cade built. This is the church that God built, and that's exactly what it's gonna be. And if it's the church that God built, it's a disciple-making church. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Stand up with me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time that you've given us. Lord, as we worship you this morning, we just think of all the things that are happening around us. And Father, we, we pray for our president this morning. All the negative things that have been said about him, Father. And the thing about it is, Father, is we know he's not perfect. But Father, he is our president. So we pray for him, him and his family this morning, Father. We lift them up to you because that's what we're called to do. Father, whether we like everything he does or not, we lift him up to you right now, Father, and that you touch everything that he puts his hand to. Father, today we want to thank you for answering our prayers this week. Father, you are the God that brings the dead back to life. And most of all, Father, I want to pray for each and every person in here that if there's somebody in here that has not received Jesus as their Savior,
that they do that right now where they're standing. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, all the people said,